We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So I am joined by Mina Figueroa from Mega Cat Studios, and we're here to talk about the game that they've got coming to Nintendo Switch as well as other platforms, Bite the Bullet. Uh, hey, Mina, thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks for having me. What What do you do at uh, Mega Cat? So I, I'm kind of a uh, Jill of all trades, if you want to call it. I do a lot of press work, brand ambassador work. I also deal with our streamers. Um, and other brands, I do a bit of writing, I do a bit of translation work, basically anything that needs to get done, I do it. <laughs> so like translation work, so like you are the localization team? <laughs> uh, I'm part of the localization team. I sometimes deal with the Spanish language and I also coordinate our other translators. Oh, wow. That sounds like a pretty uh, wide variety of uh, responsibilities. Which one would you say is the one that takes up most of your time? Um, honestly, it's, it's the outreach work, but it, that's on that's my favorite part as well because I get to meet so many different people and invite them on this journey with us. So it's it's pretty exciting to me. Awesome. Uh, what's the elevator uh, elevator pitch for uh, Bite the Bullet? So Bite the Bullet is the world's first roguelite RPG, run, gun, and eat. It's basically everything that you wish you could do in real life, but luckily don't have to go through. Um, you're set in an apocalyptic world trying to consume as much information as you can. And as the story goes, you get to explore your abilities, kind of seeing what your diet does to your body and, you know, your characteristics. So you're, you said run, gun, and eat. What exactly is it that you're eating? You're eating your enemies. So every enemy in the game is edible. Now, whether it's good for you to eat, that's up to you. <laughs> oh, Okay. So let me let me understand. So let's say I walk up to an enemy. Let's say I'm like Pac-Man. I walk up to the red ghost and I eat her. And then I walk up to the... And, and I get a superpower. And then I walk up to like the pink one uh, and I eat that one and it gives it poisons me. Is that the kind of thing that you're going for? In, in a way, it is. So there are four different eating classes, which can be categorized as carnivore, omnivore, which we call ICIE. There's Robovore, which they ingest robots, and then there's the vegetarian option. Um, depending on which diet you choose to consume, you will eventually be able to get uh, upgrades in your skill tree. So if you were just a carnivore, you would get certain abilities, like a, just a little spoiler. There is an ability once you're in the carniv a carnivore skill tree where you can basically run with your mouth open, making consumption so much easier. So do you choose your class at the beginning of the game, or is that something that unlocks as you're playing? It unlocks as you're playing, and then once you're in one skill tree, you do have to follow that skill tree for a bit. Um, 
And, and it all depends on what you want to do. If you start eating different different things, like you eat a robot here, you eat a plant there, you eat a ghoul somewhere else, you'll end up as the ICIE category, which will give you its own special abilities. So it seems like there's a lot of customization in how your character that you're playing as uh, ends up. Am I correct? Yeah. There's a bit, and there's a lot of choice in what you can do. And then, obviously, when you start out, you can choose to play as Chewy or Chewella. I'm sorry. Could you could you expand on that a little bit? <laughs> so our two main characters are a male and a female. They're both named they they're both named aptly Chewy and Chewella. So at the start of the game, you decide who you want to play as, and as the game goes on, depending on what you eat, your skills will change, and so will your body size. So if you consume too many calories, your main character will reflect that. Fair enough. So, okay, uh, I, I'm playing the game. Uh, I've I've kind of gone into a class, like let's say I've gone down the herbivore class. That, that was mm-hmm. one of them, right? Yes. Vegetarian or something. So I've gone down the vegetarian uh, class. If I start to eat meat, does that affect, like how does that affect my uh, character? If I'm not... If I'm not mistaken, for our final build, um, you will be able to consume them. I don't think that it has any uh, detrimental effects, but there are specific foods out there that can be seen as spoiled or tainted. When you eat those, those will make your character sick, and you'll see your character throw up. But the cool thing about that is that's how you unlock your weapons upgrade. So, again, you have another choice there. Do I want to take a little bit of damage and, you know, re-roll uh what my what stats my assault rifle has it's it's all a matter of what you want to do cool so if i if i'm let's say i want to avoid uh consuming the the a certain kind of food it like i can just shoot them and not walk over to them and move on right yes you you just choose not to eat them so you talk a little bit about the tech tree um is is this the kind of tech tree where you have enough points to go down a, a certain path, or can you eventually unlock everything on it if you play it for long enough? So for the weapon upgrades, yes. When it comes to the skill tree, no. Um, for the weapon upgrades, it's based on the calories that you've taken in, so it can depend on how, how much fat you've consumed. Um but once you pick one skill tree, you're going to follow that tree for your character abilities. You're going to follow that tree till the end of the game. But that's one thing that I love about this game is that it has so much replay value. Right. I mean, And one of my favorite genres is the roguelite genre um, because they have so much. You can go back and play it over and over and over again. So one of the things about the roguelite genre is usually uh, when you when you when you die, you kind of go back to the beginning and you start over, but you keep some of the things that you unlocked. Is that the way that uh, this game is working as well? So in a way it does. Um, you like, like in old games, you have about like three lives. Once those three lives are up, you do go back to the beginning. If you, let's say you lost your first life, you would still retain what you had gathered up until that point. But if you're sent all the way back to the beginning, you have to start again. Okay. Uh, so it, it seems like there's some uh, procedural um, elements in this game. Am I right in assuming that? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what exactly in the game is procedural? The enemies, the enemy modifiers, the guns, the ammo, the crafting. Like, that's really what's procedural in our game. Oh, there's there's crafting. Yes. That's what you would do for your weapon upgrades and that kind of thing. So uh, can you talk about the crafting real quick? So you're, you're crafting the guns and the gun modifiers from crafting material. And you collect that material from different quests that are in-game as well as what you eat. So depending on the end... So, when you eat an enemy, it's going to have a specific caloric count. It'll have a specific amount of protein, a specific amount of fat in it. Um, so based on those um, those modifiers, you'll be able to craft the weapons that you want that you would like. That sounds really, really cool. How are the weapons? Uh, how do they differ? So uh, so let me my favorite one. Actually, I have two favorite ones. The assault rifle is pretty much the basic weapon that you first get. And so you can modify that to have, you know, uh, higher damage. There's also uh, modifiers where you can have, like, explosives that shoot out. There's also another gun that is super, super cool where you actually shoot out animals. And these animals will bounce and hit your enemies. Is there a friendly fire? As far as for the co-op is, no. I don't believe that there is. So from the videos that I've seen, there there's a certain contra feel to this game. Uh, what are the what are the games that have inspired uh, this game? I'm going to assume contra is one of them. It it actually is, but like with all games, there's no singular inspiration. We we take bits and pieces from everybody on the team's favorite childhood games, but contra and metal um, metal slug were huge inspirations for this. Oh yeah, with the the art style, very, I, you know, I didn't even think about it, but when you mentioned Metal Slug, the art style very reminiscent of Metal Slug, and that was always one of my favorite uh, games when I was going up. A friend of mine was lucky enough to have a Neo Geo, which was an insane thing, and um, like he had Metal Slug, and we we would go over to his house and play it every once in a while, and I was always amazed at how how that game looked and it was just such a unique art style so uh absolutely i can see that now that you pointed out that it's it's definitely got that inspiration from uh metal slug as far as the art style and and just the way that the the main character seems to kind of uh almost hunch over from what i've from the videos that i've seen obviously you know they've only eaten certain things uh in order to look like that um how many are, are the levels all randomized? Are the guns all randomized? Um, how many levels are there? So there are there are several levels. Oops, sorry, there are several levels. Um, I want to say that there's at least six, if I'm recalling the world map correctly. Um, but they're they're not exactly randomized in the way that you think. Um, the enemies definitely are, and so are the portals that open up for you that can either lead you to a secret or to a challenge. Um, but then again, you know, they all follow through a very similar, I don't want to say similar structure, but the flow of it, even when you replay it, even though the enemies might be in a different position and you might have different challenges, the gameplay is still going to be very similar. Uh, what are the challenges that you're talking about? 
So, for example, one of the challenges in the first world is to finish the entire level within 10 minutes. And I will tell you this from experience, that is not easy. (laughs) (laughs) One of the other challenges that we we have for the first world as well is to eat only one type of enemy in, in one area. And that also is extremely difficult because you have to keep track of how many you've eaten. And once you get into the flow of things, like you kind of just want to eat everything. Do you have like speed run leaderboards and stuff like that where, where people can compare how they've done on a level versus how their friends have done? So we do have some speed run challenges in game, but we do not have a speed run leaderboard as of yet. It, it is something that we've discussed and depending on how the reception of, of our, you know, hopeful audiences, that might be something that we might look into for the DLCs. Okay. Um, a lot of times in roguelite, style games something that i often see is that they will say this is the level for the day and everybody gets to play that level that day uh is that something that can that that may come with dlc down the road that is something that may come down the road right now we're just trying to get out you know we're trying to get out this labor of love and just see how people are reacting to it and one of the great things about being an indie a game company is that we have the ability to hear the feedback from our fans and implement them. How long have you guys been working on Bite the Bullet? Bite the Bullet has been going on for, I think we're coming on to three years now that we've been in development. So we, we put a lot of work into this and we're just so excited to be able to finally share it with you guys. Awesome. Um, so when is this game coming out? So our release date is August 13th, 14th. We don't have the exact hour. We'll be getting that later on this week. But I, if I if I were to be quoted, I would say midnight, August 13th. And which platforms will people, people be able to play it on other than Nintendo Switch? So, of course, we'll have Nintendo Switch. There'll, it'll be available on PC, PS4, and Xbox. Is there any multiplayer? It is actually, it's a couch co-op, so it's something that you could play with someone else. Um, And some of our streamers, they've been actually playing off in pairs and kind of screen challenging each other. But we do not have an online multiplayer as of right now. Is that something that is being worked on, or is is that something where you're waiting to see how how launch goes before you uh, decide? We definitely want to see how launch goes before we decide on doing that. It is something that's been brought up a couple times, and I do think that the game can lend to it, but it's all about what people want. Just also wanted to jump in and mention that we're we're partnering with Feeding America. It's a hunger relief uh, organization here in the United States, and we'll be running a charity stream event in September to raise funds to see if maybe we can you know put a dent on you know the hunger that's affecting. M- over 30.5 million people in the world. That's awesome. I always like it when developers do something like that, especially when it's themed around their game too. <laughs> yeah, we, we had some great collaborators who, who reached out to us on this. We, we have some celebrity chefs, some competitive eaters. I don't know if you've ever heard of LA Beast or Matt Stoney. Um, also, a lot of the chefs, they, they gave us recipes for us to put in our cookbook, which we will be having out. Um, we we're sending those out with the press kits and we might have a limited run so that fans could purchase them as well. Um, so it, it, it was really a group effort and we really tried to bring the realism of food 
into the fantasy of video games and kind of marry those two together. Awesome. I, I also, you know, you're talking about physical objects. I also noticed you have uh, an arcade cabinet, uh, which looked really, really cool. I found a screenshot or a, a, a photograph of it. Is that something that, like, you're trying to get put into arcades, or is that just something for your office? Uh, we we actually do arcade. Actually, did do a limited run of actual arcade uh, consoles. I guess that would be the right word. And um, that's something else that we also do as a company. We actually create these machines as well. So that's something that can be put into arcades. It's such a fun game. It's such a great game. And the the thing that I honestly really enjoyed about it, I know that it's a little bit gross, but I thought it was just so fascinating how depending on what I eat in game, the my character will either get skinnier or fatter. And based on, you know, your fitness, you have different advantages and disadvantages. So if I was, you know, on the portlier side in game, I will, I'll move slower, but I also have higher defense. I can take more damage. Whereas when I'm skinny, I'll be faster, but it's much easier for me to die. And what do you usually go with? Uh, I'm a bit of a <laughs> I'm a bit of a chunky monkey when it comes to this game. I I try to eat everything in my favorite class is, is the ICIE class. Nice. Yeah, I mean it's it's really great, and we have some awesome stuff planned for the release. We've gotten some mukbangers. I don't know if you know who those guys are. They basically um they do videos where they eat a bunch of food for their viewers. No, I've never heard of this. Okay, it's it's super great. It's so hard to explain. Basically, their their whole niche is just eating a ton of food, and so we've gotten together with some of those guys, and we're actually gonna match them up with some some of our streamers, and they're gonna eat and commentate while our streamers play. We also have <laughs> an, an, another guy of ours who's gonna be trying to play the game as he cooks an entire meal, so he can't move on to the next step of the meal until he beats a world. This sounds like somebody's gonna burn something, but that sounds entertaining. Without a doubt. <laughs> it's definitely going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Um, I mean, there's also more. I don't want to spoil everything. We have some we have some really cool content that we reached out to the community. And that's what that's what I love about the video game community, really, because everyone's just so willing to be a part of something, especially something that they, they're interested in and that, that they believe in. Yeah, I, I love that you guys are bringing in charity and tying it into your game. Uh, and then the way that you are uh, working with the content creators uh, as well sounds really, really cool. Yeah, and what the great part about when we reached out to the content creators is we really did give the creative license to them to see what they thought was the best way they wanted to present our game. It wasn't like we reached out to them and like told them, hey, do this for us. It really was a, a teamwork with them. And that that's something that I feel we bring to a lot of our games is just taking that personal that personal interest and information from our content creators and kind of adding it in. I, I want to say big thank you, Mina, for coming on the show. Uh, very, very interesting. I, I The game, is, look, I, I kind of flinched when uh, they first uh, sent me or asked me to, like, I looked at the video and I was like, "Oh, it's kind of gross," um, but because I'm a, I'm always kind of uh, like squeamish when it comes to that stuff. Um, but I was like, "Oh, it's kind of gross." But the more that I've seen, the more interested uh, that I've gotten. So, thank you very much for coming on the show. Oh, James is actually going to jump in on it with us right now. Okay. We took it all. We 
brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, James. Nice to meet you. You too. I had a, um, <clears throat> a really great uh, reason for my, my late here. I, um, there's a pretty crazy thunderstorm that blew the power out of the office we just moved into. Oh no! So I had uh, I had the the perfect storm of literal storm with no power, and then uh, tons and tons of unpacked pallets blocking anyone's egress. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so Mina, thanks for <clears throat> thanks for popping in. I I'm releasing you back into your normal work and not going to hold you hostage anymore. <laughs> All right, for sure. It was great talking with you guys. It's nice to meet you, Mina. All right, bye guys. Bye. See you, Mina. So James, what do you do at uh, at at the Mega Cat Studios? So I think like most of the most of the cats, I kind of wear many hats. So uh, none of us really have a an explicit like specialist role, but uh, I'm one of the founders, and um, most of us touch everything from gameplay and creative to <clears throat> kind of uh, programming and little art touch ups and edits. I think that's pretty pretty common across uh, indie studios, and it's it's the same for us. So I talked to Mina for a good twenty minutes about about the game. I feel like I got a pretty good handle on it. So uh, let's let's talk about you for a little bit. What yeah. what brought you to this particular uh, th- this particular project? Like, wh- where did you start out with um, with game development? <clears throat> so I guess if you would go super back into the cat archives, like most of us came together and make a cat either from previous indie game companies or just through like the, the retro gaming community. So the original inspiration for like any of our games <laughs> has always been kind of our childhood and the, the classic games that we loved, and then finding ways to take current generation game design and a more modern twist and then meshing them together into a cool kind of genre bending experience that both the 10 year old and the 34 year old James would high five over. <laughs> uh, so I was, when I was talking to Mina, she mentioned that uh, the game was very much inspired by the, the games that people played when they were kids. And we talked a little bit about Contra. We talked a little bit about um, metal slug. Um, what games did you play as a kid that you feel like you've incorporated some of that DNA into bite the bullet? Yeah, so so normally <clears throat> we have two or three clear, like vivid references, but because of the nature of this game's like dev cycle being almost three years, there's inspiration from so many games. <laughs> uh, you know, I think for for like the retro game fan, if you if you play through the game in a more completionist way, you can probably call out about a dozen. Um, you know, Earthworm Jim, uh, definitely being a big inspiration. We have some 
some hamster inspired levels that very much remind me of the the earthworm gym like mini games <clears throat> we definitely have a strong running gun kind of core uh so you know the call out for contra metal slug are, are super spot on but you know if you look at how we built the universe out some of the character references and things like that i, I think it spans everything from uh the best of old to current gen pixel bits awesome um so what are some of your favorite roguelikes that you've played in the past yeah, it's hard to it's hard to find one, you know. I mean, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of, of Dead Cells. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that uh, that's probably a really common kind of piece these days. But you know, you really can't you can't have Dead Cells, in my opinion, without having Spelunky and Binding of Isaac. You know, so uh, quite quite a few hours logged at the company for End of the Gungeon and and things of that nature too. Um, I know we have a handful of guys that would have to raise their hand for NetHack. If you're familiar with the franchise, I'm familiar with the franchise. I've never actually played it myself, but I remember, um, you know, hearing about it and like Googling it and looking at it. This was years ago and saying, I don't know what I'm looking at here. Uh, (laughs) So I'm going to move on. But um, like I never played a rogue game until uh, Rogue Legacy, I think, was the first one that I ever played, and that I was like, "Oh, now I understand what everybody's excited about. Now I get it." Because un- up until then, I'd never played one, uh, and then I played that, and I was like, "Yep, now I I understand what the genre is. It makes so much more sense now." Uh, but it's really hard to explain because it, it, you know, it's a genre where you have permadeath, but then you also don't lose everything that you when you die so how is that permanent you know it's kind of confusing until you've actually experienced it you know i didn't get i wish i could say i was like an og nethack fan but i didn't actually become interested in uh, that game or that that franchise until i was on the game development side you know i think what's really interesting about a lot of those games and, and same goes for dwarf fortresses uh, they're really fun to think about from a design standpoint and then take apart the systems and subsystems and and really see like what a what a design masterpiece they are uh, for like I want to I want to almost say that that's a meaningful amount of what draws people in to that that genre and subgenre is like how those games are constructed and how you know infinitely possible that uh, that game is for having the same experience. So what are some other games that you've worked on uh, before uh, before Bite the Bullet? So I, I want to say we have a library of about 35 games on our website. Holy cow. Um, oh, th- th- so just with just with uh, Mega Cat Studios, Mega 35 Cat. games. Yeah. So, I mean, for us, like it's, it's every size of game, too. So we, that includes like arcade types of experiences that are, you know, static screen, um, you know, super old school. I want to say like hyper retro black box era mm-hmm. up to um some of our other <clears throat> ps4 switch releases like uh coffee crisis so we, we've worked on a lot of projects um i'd say from a an indie position most of our time has always been spent around 50 50 between client work and our own creative and with games being such a an interesting medium and you have your kind of evident scope of what you want to create uh we've made games for every type of genre subgenre player type like uh there's definitely a few brand standards we have for storylines and, and pixels in most cases but 
even the last two years, we've started to incorporate some high poly 3D uh, type of stuff into, into our world. We figured we already do it for clients and a big part of what draws a lot of our team members to work with us is that kind of leading by good creative. So um, a few years ago, if you would ask that question, I would have given you a super clear and short answer on pixels, mm. you know, like interesting gameplay, couch co-op and all the stuff that really inspired the best of retro. And it's really uh, emerging quite a bit now because there's just so many cool things that are happening in gaming across every different platform and all these different genre bending mashups that it's, it's pretty easy to come up with a game. It's much harder to finish it. <laughs> oh yeah. I can understand that. Um, and it's the same with playing them. It's easy to start playing a game. It's really hard oh, to yeah. finish them, especially with all of these, all of these distractions around but with other you know you you started playing this one game and then this other game that you were interested in is coming out like you know i'm playing a game x and then suddenly bite the bullet comes out and i'm like well i wanted to finish what i was doing before i started this other game but now like what do i do uh and what i usually end up doing is leaving the old game for the new game telling myself i'm gonna get back to that older game and i never do (laughs) So that, that's very much the origin of, of Bite the Bullet was um, we, we kind of outlined the genres that we all like fell in love with uh, and kind of inspired us to choose this career path and then started looking at kind of what the modern design approach might be for character progression and more interesting depth with like a an easy to pick up game. And, and that's where we started borrowing some of these RPG and roguelike mechanics for a run and gun. So there's, there's four character classes in Bite the Bullet, and each character class has fully unique character abilities and different power-ups that are only accessible by those character classes. Mm-hmm. And with it being a, an eating-themed universe, everything's very, uh, very much based on player decisions around your diet. So if you're a carnivore, um, there's a, a gorevore class. It's very bloody, very uh, action. Oh, so there's Act. subclasses? Yeah, and then we have the very heavy metal vegan which is the slaughterer of the soil and uh slaughter of the soil it has a ton of different uh perks and buffs that are only accessible by plant eating decisions and power-ups that are kind of based around that same same universe and uh the other two classes just kind of breezing through them we have the omnivore class so it's i see i eat uh they can eat anything and they're much more of the well-rounded uh but still have some unique character class abilities and power-ups and then lastly we have the robovore uh which means wheat metal so uh you know lots and lots of future evolution coming from mankind where we're eating our robot uh overlords but that's the that's like a piece of the it ties into the crafting system it ties into the the character narrative the storyline of you know chewy and chuella have these bio implants and they're set to you know, extract and locate all these different pieces and parts and dna from these uh, different places and universes to bring it back for further examination. And along the way, they have all these other interesting kind of story-driven things that unfurl in front of them that they can choose to uh, eat or run and gun or uh, take a little more of like a, a speed running, dashing, platforming approach. And the levels really start to sprawl out from what is a kind of left-to-right origin to more of a Metroidvania-style uh, level design. 
So when I was talking to Mina, she admitted that she's uh, she tends to go uh, as the the big Goliath character uh, <laughs> sure. all the time. What about you? What do you do? You know, I feel like anyone who's been on the development side of a game, as long as I have, um, the only way to keep yourself fully engaged is to start doing it like really crazy uh, stackable things. So the more I want to say the more sophisticated bite the bullet player that spent as many hours as we have living in the game and testing, um, you can create some really cool wow moments by stacking different gun modifiers along with character class specific skills. Like uh, you can really have your character so stacked with the right combinations that you have scalable damage across huge uh, spread and explosive, you know, hand grenades attached. And it just uh, makes for a really potent, very fun to watch, very fun to play. Uh, character design so you you kind of dive into the rpg systems more than the action systems yourself so as the game progresses you you have a you can keep playing it very action based but uh to really have an easier time you have to think about how those skills stack with the different gun modifiers so it's intended uh to require a little bit of that that thought and there's a pretty big kind of open skill tree with over 50 nodes per character class that can be unlocked and activated to create all these different build, build types. And you don't have to think about it too deeply if you just want to run up the tree <laughs> on one side. But uh, if you do, you can create a lot of interesting character builds that make each gameplay experience different and unique. So you said there's 50 nodes. How many nodes can you unlock by the, let's say, the end of the game? So there's, there's over 50 nodes per class. And, uh, you know, what one, one level, one node. And there, are, of course, are some reward-specific quests to get additional node unlocks. Um, I would say the average bite-the-bullet player on normal difficulty gets about a 25-hour gameplay session and ends up unlocking uh, around 60 nodes. Okay. And, and, and if you're uh, a speedrunner, it's probably more like five nodes and God. um you you mentioned difficulty what difficulty levels are there and like do you you have a bunch or what's the difficulty like for uh for this game so there's three difficulty levels and the uh the lowest level of difficulty takes some of the really um unforgiving rogue elements for the more i want to say like the uh the less engaged game player and then the uh you know, normal and difficult are definitely uh, definitely intended for that, like, I'm ready to be challenged and abused type of player. So would you, like, most of the time when I play a game, I, uh, I, I you know, I sit there and I turn the game on knowing nothing about it, and I'm star- I'm looking at the screen and it says, you know, easy, medium, or hard or something, and I usually will go with medium, Um. Would you say that the game is designed so that the first time that you play it, you should probably be on easy or, or uh, do you think medium is the way to go? So I think every game should be started from that core design lane, which is almost always that normal or medium difficulty. Okay. Uh, but by the bullets designed the same. So, uh, you know, a big part of expressing your, your interest in game design and, and cultivating that world is creating that like, you know, if you're the architect, here's the plan of what you want the player to experience. And um, once you set up at enough game conventions and you watch 
the general gaming audience play, you start to realize that there's your gaming audience that you made the game for, and then there's every other person that plays the games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so um, you know, the 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 coolest piece about being an independent game studio is creating your own vision and bringing it to life without rubbing off all the hard edges that make it interesting and difficult. And um, we, we did that with Bite the Bullet, but the easy mode is a kind of our toned down version that if you're nothing against the uh, very skilled eight-year-olds that might pick the game up but uh you know if you're just getting started in rogues this could be your first introduction that is just forgiving enough to keep you playing back without making you feel totally defeated all right and that is something that i i enjoyed uh having in the game as a feature but it's it's meant to be a, a more pure normal difficulty get your pants beat off um you know experience gotcha uh, you mentioned a little bit ago, you were talking about the, the guys that eat the robots or whatever, and you ta- you said metal, and that reminded me uh, of your uh, super um, intense heavy metal soundtrack that you've got for this game. Um, who is in charge of that? Because it's very, I would say, reminiscent of Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal as far as the soundtrack goes. Very reminiscent of that. So we have a really killer uh, musician, uh, Mitch Foster. So he's been in more than one um, like heavy metal band for his career. So I think his first heavy metal band, he was still in high school. And he's uh, around my, my age at this point. So he's definitely made it a, his career against all odds, the same way we have with, with uh, video games. So he's, he's, a, he's a pro there. And we had just announced our synthwave mode last week. We collaborated with four very, um, very awesome, very notable synth artists that have uh, created their own kind of unlockable soundscape for the people that want that that neo futuristic vibe. Since the art palette already speaks to that, and the game's already set in that year thirty fifty type of range, so we have a switch that you can flip with the, these uh, not yet publicly shown Siamese twins that are half rock, half synth. And they can they can help change the the way you experience that world with additional bio implants. So there's both heavy metal and synth mode. So is that like DLC or is that um, like already free, in the game? You just haven't told people about it. Uh, free DLC, and we had just announced it uh, about two weeks ago. We got some pretty good press coverage from it. Uh, I think our community responded really really positively to it. So it's it was originally planned to be DLC. And after all of the COVID delays we had related to console certification, we decided just to pack more in for the game's release and give our fans that have been so patiently waiting um, all the extra stuff they deserve. Awesome. Uh, Well, James, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show and talking to me about uh, Bite the Bullet. It sounds really, really cool. Um, You know, I was about to ask Mina, like, the release date and all of that stuff when she said, hey, James is here to talk to us. So um, before we get out of here, uh, just tell everybody where they can find all of the Bite the Bullet stuff. Well, August 13th, Bite the Bullet will be publicly available on PC and consoles. If you go to megacatstudios.com, there's hot links right on the main page that will bring you to all of the different platform links but we have it ready to release on Steam, GOG, Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, and the PS4 release, although slightly delayed, uh, will be available uh, just a few weeks following the global release on the other platforms. 
Awesome. And what's the uh, what's the MSRP for it? So Graffiti Games is our publisher, and they have it set to fourteen ninety nine, uh, which I think for the number of hours and unique gameplay content, I think it packs a whole lot into that price point. Awesome. Uh, thanks a bunch, James. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys uh, talking to Mina while it rained cats and dogs in Pittsburgh. <laughs>